Thank you. It's so good to be back and uh, see that there's so many new people. A lot of people I don't recognize. Other people that I see, and they're getting older as well. And um, I mean, I mean that for the kids, you know, like some kids that I was like, I remember that kid when he was in diapers, and now they're like playing trumpet up here. It's, it's pretty amazing, and um, it's really awesome to see. Something that hasn't changed much is that the fact that um, back in the 1800s, these front chairs, they used to pay big money for this stuff, and um, now they sit empty and nobody wants them, and they're free. You know that. So it's good to hear people laughing in, in the midst of, uh, of sorrow as well. I know that um, it's a hard time. And when a while back, when uh, Colleen emailed us and said, Hey, will you be speaking? Could you be speaking in joy on about and the topic of joy for this day on the Sunday you're coming? And, um, and I was so excited. And then when you think about this, there is so much going on around our town and so much uncertainty and so much things happening that, um, that you really have to look at the word joy, what really that means. And to understand that joy is not a party. You know, that joy doesn't mean that it's always happy things, you know, and, um, and, and just being always excited necessarily. But actually joy is a decision you make, even in the midst of everything. So as uh, my wife and I, we were just thinking this week, has like this been a... An amazing year for us. It's been an, uh, a year that that we had gone through a flood in Costa Rica. That I mean, many people lost their homes, and a lot of people. There is a lot of homes that are now incommunicated. That they became islands because of the floods and everything, and um, great sorrow and great loss down there as well. And then just to to shake things up later on, we had a big earthquake as well. And I remember being there, and uh, my wife was like. She was like all concerned, thinking, man, it felt so strong here for us. Can you imagine where the epicenter was? And, uh, and we came to find out that the epicenter was like a mile away from us. And um, so we were in it. And then um, something that we've been building so much expectation it was to be able to come to Santa Barbara for Christmas. And uh, we've been so excited because, again, you know, I, there's probably some of you that don't even have a clue who I am because that's how long I haven't been here. And, um, and, you know, we were so excited. And then we find out that Thomas happened as well. And so, but even on the midst of all that, it really, what it does, it kind of put things in perspective as well. It really makes you think and worry about the things that really matter. Right? It really thinks about, you know, for a moment for us now is, for example, in Costa Rica and our community where we are, is not a luxury to have a beachfront property anymore. People don't want them. Beachfront property, some of them are being abandoned because the ocean is taking in so much. And then because of the floods happening, there are some of these places where it used to cost so much money. People don't want them because they're in hazardous areas. And even now, thinking about here, you know, put things in perspective as well. I mean, like those beautiful homes up there with an ocean view up in APS and the Riviera and Montecito. I mean, right now, it's the people that you think about it. It's like, man, that's so hard for that. So really put things in perspective. It's like, we're really, where did really our joy comes from? And I will just, you know, I know that will probably sound like an old song, but joy has to come from the Lord. Joy cannot come from the circumstances. It cannot come from the things that are happening around us because those kind of things, they're here, but they will be gone tomorrow. And then when you really think about that, 
it kind of gets you, you know, thinking, where am I putting my trust? Where is my confidence? Because material things and all that stuff, it gives us this false sense of security. It feels like I'm set. You know, I'm, I'm good. I have a beautiful home. I have this. But when you think about it, everything can change in a minute. And now with the things happening on the world, the way how things are happening, does this fire actually surprise you? In so many ways to us, it's like we don't even know what to expect now. It's almost like thinking, what is going to be next? So really, I mean, really it is a time for us to say, you know, where is really our trust on and where is really our, 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 um, our hope on? So today I wanted to, uh, if you have your Bibles, can you open them in a, 2 Corinthians chapter 5? And we're going to read in verse 17 in a minute. <laughs> Joy really comes in knowing who we are in Christ. It is amazing to me that, that, um, that even joy normally comes out of overcoming crisis. Real joy really comes from knowing that in the midst of a crisis, you still can keep your, your hope. That's really true joy. You know, even in the midst of everything that has happened, that people can see us and say, how can you be so calm? Even though if your house can burn any minute. And it is because your hope and my hope is not on that. Um, I know that probably some of you are thinking, man, this guy is talking so much today. He probably doesn't know what that means, you know. Well, we lost our house four years ago in Costa Rica to a storm. Thing was gone. I mean, it was just pretty. It's one of those things that you don't expect it. I was actually, now I'm thinking, man, I was so full. I was trying to hold down the roof with a rope. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, and the tornado took it out. I mean, come on. I'm glad I wasn't there and I touched that rope. But, uh, but you know, but I know, I know what that means. I know what it is to really literally know how a roof over your head. And the moment that everything is gone and everything you own on that minute, everything is ruined because it got wet and everything is moldy and, you know, nothing dries in Costa Rica. So that is a, is a really hard feeling, you know, but really in the midst of that, we knew that God was in charge of us. And we knew that God was going to take care of us. And he has done it. He has done it. He proven himself to be trustworthy. So why not to trust him even on this thing? And I know that it's so hard, you know, but these kind of things is the situation. This kind of stuff is what puts you in perspective, you know, where is really your faith? You know, because it's pretty easy to trust God and to believe in God when everything is going amazing. But when situations are hard, it really puts you in perspective. It's like, what is really your hope? Who, are you, who do you really believe in? So, um, I just want to read you this because it kind of gives you a great, great, uh, it gives me great joy to know that God did not stop but just by saving me. Because um, if you saw in your bulletins, there is a, the title for that. It says, I think it says 360-degree Christian or 360-degree disciple and all that. And, uh, and a lot of you are probably thinking, man, you know, that sounds like going around in circles or something. But, uh, you know, it sounds a lot more compelling will be 180. You know, I was going this way and then God changed me. And I'm going, but I feel like because of that 180 mentality is why we have so many people just sitting in churches and normally not getting engaged or involved in the life of the church. 
Because they feel like, you know, we only have believed half of the message. And needs that God save us. And now God save me. He's like, yay, I'm saved. Right? Good. I'm so glad that nobody laughed because it's not supposed to be funny. Just kidding. Um, so, could you, someone read this for me from there? Not everybody, just one person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that awesome? If you see that text, that text is so rich. To think about this, that it really starts out with the love of God. I mean, because really, we have been made new because of God's love. And the Bible says, you know, there, that if we are in Christ, we are a new creation, right? Is that what it says? So, it basically, that was possible only because of the exchange of Jesus on the cross. The Bible says it, that we deserve to die, but Christ took our place. So, because of that exchange, we are able to be safe. So, um, I know that you probably guys were wondering what this thing was. I probably took it back like 30 years, right? I actually was really relieved at the fact that some of you actually do own uh, paper Bibles. <laughs> I don't feel so old now. And, um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but, it, you know, I really want to use this because first, you guys will find probably some... Um, you know, we'll be able to laugh at my drawings, but I, I, you guys get the point, okay? So, because of God's love, you know, and His exchange of Jesus, He took our place on the cross, we were able to be safe, correct? That is, uh, the, that is the message, really, of the gospel. That is awesome, right? But there's the thing. That's the message we always believe. But there is a whole other part that, we don't, that we're, like, kind of left it there. And... Um, and why did Christ did this? Why did God did this? What was his purpose? What was he doing according to that text? Reconciling who? The world, right? So let's try to see if we can do a world right here. You guys get it, right? It's not an onion. <laughs> he was reconciling the world to himself. And guess what? Who do he wants to use? Um, thank you. I kind of don't like when people say us because then it makes it like somebody else will do the job. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Who do he wants to use? Me. Me. You know, you know, you know how that goes, right? When you have four kids, when you tell, hey, kids, picked up those toys. Who ends up picking them? You. Because, you know, it's like, I didn't do it. Oh, you know, he's better. He's more gifted than me. You know, he actually is, he has longer hands. All those kind of things, you know. And uh, all those kinds of excuses. So somebody else does it. Correct? So really, it really comes down to the point that, you know, this is just happiness. I'm not making hair here. Uh, this is just happiness to the fact that God wants to use us to accomplish this purpose. So really, when we get a perspective of heaven, have you seen that when, when uh, John is describing heaven in Revelation? Isn't that awesome? No more pain, no more disease, no more sorrow, no more anything. Who longs for that? Man, you know, that would be amazing to us. So if you really think about that, when you think of that, 
you kind of wonder that the nicest thing that God could have done for us was to save us and kill us. Right? That would have been the nicest thing he could have done. Man, you're saved. You're going to go to eternity with me. No more sorrow. I was like, please take me, you know. Uh, I mean, it would have been the nicest thing. But the reason why he kept us alive was for this. Because he is on the mission of reconciling the world. And he wants to use us. I, I do that because um, I think that for so long we have heard the Great Commission. And we still don't get involved. Who knows that verse? Who has memorized that verse? You know, and it's kind of still kind of lingers there like uh, that's for the professionals to do it, you know, and all that. But really, it's not. So, Colleen, how long do I have now to think up? Okay, good. So, I'm just saying this because really, I, I, just, want you to, I just want you to understand that we have been given a mission. And it is pretty sad sometimes when you think about this, that the fact that we almost stay here as a 180 Christian, God changed me. So now I have the joy of the Lord and I'm selfish, keeping it to myself. The reason why God saved you and saved me was for a reason. The reason was, sorry, is because he's reconciling the world to himself and he wants to use me to do it. So... You know, why then is that we get caught up in between? Sometimes because we only believe half of that message. And to a point, it's almost believed like when Jesus said to his his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So if you know that there's an exchange for what they were already doing, correct? Oftentimes, religiosity, what it does is follow me and I will make you, you know, churchgoers. It's just be awesome. You just sit on a Sunday morning. You don't have to do anything. They put on the show for you. And you just great. You just sit there. Relax. You get to critique the message and the music. If you don't like it, just complain about it. They will fix it for you. You know? And then, but because it's really about you, you know? It's like, we only believe half of that message. But really, is when we understand that we have been called and we have been called to be involved on this. So really, I, my challenge to you, my challenge to me, is that we understand that there is nothing wrong with starting out like that. The problem is if we remain that way. Because we are keeping a message that was meant to share with people. In other words, is nothing wrong with starting out like a tourist. Right? We come, we see, we like it, we believe this is awesome. There's nothing wrong. We all start out like that. The problem is if 20 years later you still have your camera and your safari hat on, then we're in, prob- we're in trouble. So really it is my prayer that, you know, we, you know, that this season, that this season of Christmas that we're entering, we believe that God has given us the best gift already. And man, if you think about this, if ashes and the smoke is going to ruin our Christmas, that would be really pity of us. I know it's a bummer. It is. But it cannot ruin our Christmas. Because the best gift has been given to us already.
So let's don't keep it to ourselves. Let's see how we can share it. And now, um, I, I wish I had more time, in other words, because uh, another day to just to share with you guys a really brief way. So how do you can share the gospel? You know, how do you can share the gospel in a way that is so simple that you can do it while you're waiting at the register or, uh, you know, somewhere like that. But really, in the meantime, I want you to think about this is you guys don't need more knowledge. You, got, you guys already know too much. Use it. Let us pray.